listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the Mystical City of God. If you would like to discuss today's reading, I invite you to head over to Facebook and to find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and there you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are reading and listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 208. And we are reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 22, Paragraphs 249 to 253. Instruction which the Most Holy Mary, the Queen of Heaven, gave me. 249. My daughter, I wish that thou ponder and penetrate more and more this mystery of which thou hast written, so fixing it in thy soul that thou wilt be drawn to imitate my example, at least in some part of it. Consider, then, that in the vision of the divinity which I had on this occasion, I was made to comprehend the high value which the Lord set upon the labors, the passion, and death of my Son, and upon all those who were to imitate and follow Jesus in the way of the cross. Knowing this, I not only offered to deliver my Son over to his passion and death, but I asked him to make me his companion and partaker of all his sorrows, sufferings, and torments, which request the Eternal Father granted. Then, in order to begin following in the footsteps of his bitterness, I besought my Son and Lord to deprive me of interior delights. And this petition was inspired in me by the Lord himself, because he wished it so, and because my own love taught me and urged me thereto. This desire for suffering and the wishes of my Divine Son led me on in the way of suffering. He himself, because he loved me so tenderly, granted me my desires. For those whom he loves, he chastises and afflicts. Proverbs 3.12 I, as his mother, was not to be deprived of this blessed distinction of being entirely like unto him, which alone makes this life most estimable. Immediately this will of the Most High, this my earnest petition, began to be fulfilled. I began to feel the want of his delightful caresses, and he began to treat me with greater reverence. That was one of the reasons why he did not call me mother, but woman, at the marriage feast at Cana, and at the foot of the cross, John 2, 4, 19-26, and also on other occasions when he abstained from words of tenderness. So far was this from being a sign of diminution of his love that it was rather an exquisite refinement of his affection to assimilate me to him in the sufferings which he chose for himself as his precious treasure and inheritance. 250. 
Hence, thou wilt understand the ignorance and error of mortals, and how far they drift from the way of light, when, as a rule, nearly all of them strive to avoid labor and suffering, and are frightened by the royal and secure road of mortification of the cross. Full of this deceitful ignorance, they do not only abhor resemblances to Christ's suffering and my own, and deprive themselves of the true and highest blessing of this life, but they make their recovery impossible, since all of them are weak and afflicted by many sins, for which the only remedy is suffering. Sin is committed by base indulgence and is repugnant to suffering sorrow, while tribulation earns the pardon of the just judge. By the bitterness of sorrow and affliction, the vapors of sin are allayed. The excesses of the concusable and irascible passions are crushed, Pride and haughtiness are humiliated, the flesh is subdued, the inclination to evil, to the sensible and earthly creatures is repressed, the judgment is cleared, the will is brought within bounds, and its desultory movements at the call of the passions are corrected, and above all divine love and pity are drawn down or who seek it to imitate my most holy Son." In this science of suffering are renewed all the blessed riches of the creatures. Those that fly from them are insane. Those that know nothing of this science are foolish. 2.51 Exert thyself, my dearest daughter, to advance in this knowledge. Welcome labors and suffering, and give up ever-desiring human consolations. Remember also that in the spiritual consolations the demon conceals his pitfalls for thy ruin and destruction. For thou shouldst know his continual attempts to ruin the spiritually inclined. The pleasures of contemplating and looking upon the Lord, and his caresses, great or small, are so enticing that delight and consolation overflow in the faculties of the mind and cause some souls to accustom themselves to the sensible pleasures of this intercourse. In consequence thereof, they make themselves unfit for other duties, belonging to reasonable life of human creatures. And when it is necessary to attend to them, they are annoyed, lose their interior peace and control, become morose, intractable, full of impatience toward their neighbors, forgetting all humility and charity. When they then perceive their own restlessness and its consequences, they blame all to their exterior occupations, in which the Lord has placed them for the exercise of their obedience and charity, failing to see or acknowledge that all their troubles arise from their want of mortification, subjection to providence, and from their attachment to their own selfish inclinations. The demon tries to beguile them by mere desires for quiet and solitude and the secret communications of the Lord in solitude, for they imagine that in retirement all is good and holy, and that all their trouble arises from inability to follow their pious desires in solitude. 2.52 In these very faults thou hast fallen sometimes, and from now on I wish that thou guard against them especially. For all things there is a time, as the wise man says, Ecclesiastes 3.5, both for enjoying delightful embraces and for abstaining therefrom to seek to prescribe to the Lord a time for his intimate embraces is the error of souls only beginning imperfectly to serve the Lord and to strive after virtue, and similar is the fault of feeling too deeply the want of these consolations. I do not tell thee, therefore, purposely to seek distraction and exterior occupations, nor to find thy pleasure in them. 
For this is nothing short of dangerous, but to obey with peace of mind whenever thy superiors command, and willingly to leave the delights of the Lord in order to find him again in useful labor and in the service of thy neighbor. This thou must prefer to retirement and to private consolations, and on this account thou must not love them too much. For in the anxious cares of a superior thou must learn to believe, hope, and love so much the more deeply. In this manner thou must find thy Lord at all times, in all places, and occupations, as thou hast already experienced. I desire that thou never consider thyself deprived of his sweetest vision and presence, or of his most loving intercourse, or that thou doubt with pusillanimity whether thou canst find and enjoy God outside of thy retirement. All creation is full of his glory, Ecclesiastes 42.16, and there is no void, and thou livest and movest, and hast thy being in God. Enjoy thou thy solitude whenever he does not oblige thee to these exterior occupations. 2.53 All this thou wilt still more fully understand in the nobility of the love which I require of thee for the imitation of my son and of me. With him thou must rejoice sometimes in his youth, sometimes accompany him in his labors for the salvation of men, sometimes retire with him to solitude, sometimes be transfigured with him to a new creature, sometimes embrace him with tribulations on the cross, following up the divine lessons which he taught thereby. In short, I wish thee to understand well that in me there was a continual desire to imitate or an actual imitation of all that was most perfect in his works. In this consisted my greatest perfection and holiness, and therein I wish thee to follow me, so far as thy weak strength assisted by grace will allow. For this purpose thou must first die to all the inclinations of the daughter of Adam, without reserving in thee any choice of desires, any self-constituted judgment as to admitting or rejecting the good. For thou knowest not what is befitting, and thy Lord and spouse who knows it and who loves thee more than thou dost thyself will decide all this for thee. If thou reignest thyself entirely to his will, he gives thee a free hand only in regard to thy love of him and in thy desire to suffer for him, while in all the rest of thy desires will only make thee drift away from all his will and mine. This will surely be the result of following thy own will and inclinations, desires, and appetites. Deny and sacrifice them all, raising themselves above thyself up to the high and exalted habitation of the Lord and Master." Attend to his interior lights and to the truth of his words of eternal life, John six sixty nine, and in order that thou mayest follow them, take up the cross, Matthew sixteen twenty four. Tread in his footsteps, walk in the order of his ointments, Canticle one three, and be anxious to reach the Lord. And having obtained possession of him, do not leave him, Canticle three four. This concludes our reading today for day number two hundred and eight. We've been reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 22, Paragraphs 249 to 253. One of the controversial teachings about Our Lady that has never been elevated to a dogma but is believed by many of the faithful is that she was the co-redemptrix. Some people believe that there are ecumenical repercussions for this title. Others believe that the word co almost signifies that she was equal to the Redeemer rather than what it truly means, that she was a cooperator. And we hear time and again in the mystical city of God, Mary's cooperation in the work of salvation. I always try to point it out, and here's another one. 
I asked him to make me his companion and partaker of all his sorrows, sufferings, and torments, which request the Eternal Father granted. She wanted to share and to partake in everything that our Lord did, even at the foot of the cross. And then we read, Immediately this will of the Most High, this is my earnest petition, began to be fulfilled. I began to feel the want of his delightful caresses, and he began to treat me with greater reserve. That was one of the reasons why he did not call me mother, but woman at the marriage feast at Cana and at the foot of the cross. So this idea that Jesus calls Mary woman, a lot of times our Protestant brothers and sisters might contend that, oh, this is Jesus not showing honor and reverence to his mother. She's really not that special. Well, today, Maria Vagrida, in her lesson that she's receiving from the Blessed Mother, so Mary is telling her this, well, it's because Jesus was reserved in how he treated her, as we just heard from this quote, that there was this want of delightful caresses and such. And I think another reason, and this is what I've always thought, but this opened my mind to a new perception— one of the reasons why Jesus calls Mary woman is to recall Eve, who was the first woman, and now Mary is the new Eve. And so, in a sense, it was also, I believe, partly because of that reason. I think what's interesting, too, is that in the instruction that Our Lady gives to Maria Vagrida, she's talking to Maria really about her role as the mother superior of the nuns. This thou must prefer to retirement and to private consolations, and on account of this thou must not love them too much. For in the anxious cares of a superior thou must learn to believe, hope, and love so much the more deeply. So Mary is addressing her, this is how you're to rule over, how you are to be superior, how you are to be mother to these sisters, to these daughters of yours. That's very interesting. She's responding and teaching to her particular situation. Then for us, as we read it, we take away whatever our state in life is. We take that lesson and apply it to our own life. How Mary is teaching and responding here to Maria of Agreda. Well, what does that mean then for me as a priest, for me as a married person, for me as a consecrated religious, whoever is listening we have to extract the teaching of Our Lady for our own state of life. In this manner, thou must find thy Lord at all times, in all places and occupations, as thou hast already experienced. Well, that's a great lesson for the superior of this religious order, but for us too, that we must find the Lord, that we must search for him and find his presence in all that we are doing each and every day. And then finally, we hear how Mary imitates Jesus. And it says, I wish thee to understand well that in me there was a continual desire to imitate or an actual imitation of all that was most perfect in his works. And so just as Mary imitated Jesus as closely as she could, well, now we are called to that same imitation. If you want to learn about the imitation of Jesus, well, read Thomas Akempis' Imitation of Christ. 
see how you can imitate him more fully. If you want to imitate Christ, read the Gospels and say, what is one attribute this week or this month I want to imitate Jesus and to grow in that imitation? I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.